Well, good morning. It is good to be with you as uh, Joe stole a little bit of our thunder, but we're going to get it back. So it's great to be with you this morning. It's really an honor for Tara and I uh, to be together with you. Um, We're saying good morning to all of us here in the room and then also you online uh, this morning. Great to see all of you. We see a few familiar faces. It's neat to think about how even though this is the first time we've officially taught here at New Hope, um, our connections to this congregation Um, go way back, which we'll talk about in just a minute. But just a little bit of um, bio on Tara and I, as uh, Joe mentioned, we we have been married for almost 27 years this December, yeah, and uh, we celebrate what God's done with that. We have three children, um, 20 years old, 18, and 16, and the 18-year-old is leaving for college this Thursday, so that's... uh, that's big on our radar right now. But we met when we were in high school, actually. Tara went to Lock Raven High School. I went to Towson High. She was, I think, 14. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize she was 14. I was 16 at the time. I'm not even sure that was legal. But anyway. I think um, it was. It worked. I was always tall, too. Yes, yeah, we were both tall. So we met um, in Young Life um, going to a, a camp. But we, um, we love to do this together, and so that's an important thing to know about us. Uh, we love to minister together. Our gifts, Tara has gifts in teaching, and mine in leadership. We feel like complement each other. So thank you for the invitation, Joe. Um, and I just want to note um, the shepherd and the pastor that you guys have in Joe. Um, I hope you realize that. Um, I'm reminded of that verse um, in Psalm where it says, uh, David shepherded them with integrity of heart, and with skillful hands, he led them. And that's your pastor. You have um, a committed and dedicated and faithful and loving shepherd. And it really is a blessing to just partner in this small way this morning with you and your dear wife together and the whole family and the two boys too also. Um, But it's really a blessing to be here this morning. Another thing I wanted to mention that Tara and I love to do is talk about marriage. And um, another week, maybe we'll talk about that. Uh, we believe that marriage is something that doesn't get talked about enough um, in the right ways in church these days. And so we love to minister to couples. It's one of our favorite things actually to do together. And I'm not sure who is more blessed when we do that, the couples or, or we are. Mm-hmm. So it's great to be here with you this morning. Yeah, Joe and JP both mentioned that our connection to New Hope goes way back. And it does. So um, with Joe, he when I, he was in high school, he was in our student ministry at Grace Fellowship, but also went to Parkville where I happened to be a teacher. And so his desire for Jesus and to share him with other people went way back there. He came to me one day when I was, I wasn't his teacher, but I was a teacher. And he said, I want to start a prayer ministry here in a Bible study. Would you sponsor it? And so he, throughout his time at high school, led a group of people there. And you know, the neatest thing is I was thinking, um, when I got here this morning is sometimes you invest in someone's life or you do something and you don't get to see where it goes. Mm. And it's so neat to just be here and realize, oh my gosh, like however many, 25, well, I guess 30 years, 25 years later to see what's happening. And then um, Jason Poling, when he moved from, I think somewhere in the Northeast, he happened to end up in my social studies class in high school and he got sat right in front of me and he was a total pagan. And so anyway, I was um, behind him. Probably total is the emphasis there. Jason does everything full on. And he was God, a big... God knew he needed more than one Christian. So I sat behind him and another Christian sat to his right. And so every week we would invite him to Young Life. And finally he came and he ended up giving his life to the Lord. So anyway, it's just so, it is really crazy how there is a connection. Um, 
between my life and the two of you, but really such a blessing to be here. Thanks for having us. Well, I would love to just pray for us, and then we are going to dive in to something that we should talk about more often. So, Lord God, we bless this community. We bless New Hope. We know that you say in your word that the local church is your bride, Jesus. So we know um, that like a husband loves his bride, you love this congregation, you love this gathering, you're with us online, you're with us here in the room, and we commit this time to you for your purposes, for your kingdom. May your will be done and may your kingdom come here with this time. We commit every word to you for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, Joe mentioned we are in a series called Things We Should Talk About More Often, and we believe that prayer is something we should talk about more often. Now, as soon as I say the word prayer, I know that some of you are thinking, oh, uh-oh, here we go. Um, as the saying goes, if ever you want to make Christians feel guilty, just talk about how much they pray, because none of us would say, I pray enough, I'm good, I got it all taken care of. Um, so that's the exact opposite of our heart this morning. This isn't about guilt. This isn't about condemnation. This is about encouragement and something that we've seen in our lives that has made a significant difference for us that as we lean into it and as we would encourage you to lean into it, and we'll talk about it a little bit now, but really it's about talking after this service and throughout the weeks and months, we believe prayer and specifically the potential and the power of prayer, intercessory prayer. Yeah, so if you look in the Bible, there's all different kinds of prayer. We've got prayer of thanksgiving. We have prayers of repentance. We have prayers of declaration. There's also prayers of lament. But what we're going to focus on today are prayers of intercession. When we're asking or requesting something from the Lord, when we're making a petition. So what is intercession? Intercession is simply when we invite God to move powerfully in an area of our lives that we are powerless to control. So let me say that again. Intercessions, when we're inviting God to move powerfully in our lives in an area where we feel powerless. And it could be on our behalf or on someone else's behalf. And so um, we're going to look today at how do you actually intercede. And interestingly that you're going to be starting a um, series in Daniel, we are actually going to be in the book of Daniel. Hopefully we won't steal anything from what you're going to say, Joe. But we would um, love to actually look at a prayer of intercession that's recorded in the Bible. So grab your Bibles if you have them or your phone. Yeah, let's turn to Daniel 9. And um, one of the beauties of um, having a smaller number of us in the room is we would love to just have one of you stand and read this. Would that be okay? Would um, somebody be willing to turn to Daniel 9 and be courageous? And uh, we just need you to read the first three verses of Daniel 9. And um, would we have a volunteer to do that this morning? Thank you so much, sir. If you could just stand up and um, read nice and loud. One Daniel three. 9, verses 1 through 3. Thank you so much. So this gives us a little bit of a context for the prayer we're going to look at today. 
So the Israelites have been in captivity in Babylon since the year 606 BC, and they are in a, to- a, place of, a place of pain. They are in need. They have been in captivity out of their homeland, away from there. And so as, as you read, Daniel is reading the scriptures. And as he's reading, he comes across a particular prophecy by the prophet Jeremiah, and he realizes from that prophecy that God had promised that after 70 years of captivity, that they would be returned to their homeland. And so Daniel gets out his eye calendar, and he's looking through. He's like, 68, 69. We're getting close to 70. This is awesome. God's promised that we're going to go back after 70 years, and we are coming up on 70 years of captivity. Now, the interesting thing is I think Daniel does something very different than what we do when we see a promise, at least what I do. I think oftentimes when we read in his word, or maybe we have a sense that God wants to do something in our lives, maybe revival, he wants to deliver us from something, he wants to bring healing or restoration, I feel like in my life, and I think a lot of us as Christians, we tend to think, all right, awesome, God, you're going to do that. And we just sit back and passively wait for his promise to come. But that's not what Daniel does. Daniel's reading the, the prophet Jeremiah, and he sees that God's promised in 70 years that we're going to go back to our homeland of Israel. And so he starts praying that down from heaven to earth. He begins to pray. He realized that intercession, that he actually had a part to play in this promise being fulfilled. So let's continue on. Go back into Daniel 9. We're going to look at verse 4. It said, I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed, Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments. We have sinned and done wrong. We've been wicked and have rebelled. We've turned away from your commands and laws. We've not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings our princes and our ancestors, and to all the people of the land. So this is the beginning of his prayer. And it's awesome that he wrote it down so we can kind of study it today. But he starts off his prayer of intercession with, Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love. So he begins his request by praising the Lord, by reminding himself of all the amazing attributes of the Lord, that he's great and he's awesome and that he's a covenant-keeping God. And he realizes, you know what, God, you are able to change the situation. So he starts with um, praise. He starts with glorifying God. And then, he hasn't made his request yet, then he turns to confession. So, you know, I um, I think a lot of times when we want to intercede, when we want to ask God to do something, at least I know in my life, I start with my request. I kind of come to God like he's Santa in the sky, and here's my list of things I'd like for you to do. But that's not what Daniel does. So I think what we need to start doing, like Daniel, is asking, Lord, is there any sin I need to confess before I bring my request? Let me say that again. Lord, is there any sin that I need to confess Hmm before I bring my request. And you know, he doesn't just generally say, hey Lord, if I've sinned, if I've sinned, (laughs) please forgive me. He actually gets super specific. Like if you look back in verse four um, through six, he says, we've been wicked. We've rebelled. 
we've turned away from your commands and laws. We've not listened to the prophets. He's very specific. And he doesn't say they, you know, all these other people that you're, I'm, I'm in here in Babylon with. He includes himself. He says, we have sinned. And he keeps going. We're not going to read all these verses today, but really verses um, 4 through 14 are all confession. Mm. But if you skip down to verse 13, it says, As it is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come upon us, and yet we have not made our prayer before the Lord our God, that we might turn from our iniquities and understand your truth. So I think this is another key confession that he makes before he starts interceding. He says, Lord, we haven't prayed. We actually haven't come to you. And isn't that true? Doesn't that happen in your life? I know in my life, when I'm in an area of pain or I need something, I first work super hard myself trying to work this thing out. And then when I get to the point of desperation, when all the things I've tried haven't worked, then that's often when I come to the Lord in prayer. So he, he confesses, one of the things, Lord, that I need to just, before I ask you for anything, one of the things I need to do is just say, I've been prayerless. I've been spiritually indifferent. I've been spiritually apathetic. And then I think another thing that is important for us to confess as we're wanting to bring requests to the Lord, and I know that this is true in my life, I sometimes need to con confess unbelief. You know, Lord, I've prayed for things in the past. Like, I've prayed for this person who was sick, and they died. Or I prayed for this to happen, and it didn't go exactly the way I wanted it to go. And so sometimes I think an important part is that we actually um, confess that we have not believed that he's good and that he is going to answer our prayer. And then I think also, like Daniel does, we need to confess our helplessness and our need. We confess that God's the only hope in the situation, and we need him to move. You know, Daniel then goes on to, to remind himself of all the ways that God's been faithful. He even mentions, like, you, you brought us out of the wilderness. You helped us um, get across the Red Sea. And then, after he's made this confession, that's when he presents his request. So would somebody be willing to um, read Daniel 17 through 19? This is still chapter 9, 17 through 19. Brave volunteer. Not everyone all at once. Okay, <laughs> thank awesome. you. That, that seems like the row of delight back there. <laughs> Thank you so much. I love that in verse 19. Lord, listen. Lord, forgive. Lord, hear and act. For your sake, my God, do not delay. You know what? Let me read for us what happens while he's praying. Down on verse 20. While, this is what Daniel says. While I was speaking and praying, confessing my sin and the sin of, the, of my people Israel, and making my request to the Lord, my God, for his holy hill, while I was still in prayer, Gabriel, the man I had seen in the earlier vision, so if you look back a chapter, an angel had visited 
um, Daniel, this was Gabriel, the same angel comes, came to me in swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice. He instructed me and said to me, Daniel, I have now come to give you insight and understanding. As soon as you began to pray, a word went out, which I have come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed. I love this. As soon as Daniel began to pray and petition and intercede, a word went out. It's just so encouraging. You know, in the next chapter, we see the same thing happen again. Daniel is praying. This time, though, an angel, another angel gets um, sent. Now, I'm not sure if I actually want an angel to come or I just want the answer to come because the angel would, seems like it might be a little freaky. But anyway, um, in the next chapter in Daniel, while he's praying, an angel is sent. But this time, it takes 21 days for the angel to get to him because there's a bunch of spiritual warfare. But I think the principle we need to remember is that when we pray, the answer is immediately dispatched. Sometimes it takes a little while because there's other warfare and things going on, but God sends the answer. Now, I think this begs the question. If God had prophesied through Jeremiah that he would end the captivivity after 70 years, was it necessary for Daniel to pray? If God had already said to the prophet, I'm going to end this captivity after 70 years, we knew that was God's will, did Daniel actually have to pray to have it come about? I believe the answer is yes. You know, if you go all the way back to Genesis, the way God set things up here is that we are his image bearers. And, and he gave Adam and Eve and mankind dominion and authority over the earth. And so he decided at creation that he was going to work on earth through humans, through us, not independent of us. So God's sovereign, yes, he's all-powerful, but he's limited himself concerning us, concerning the affairs of earth, to working through humans. You know, in his word he says, ask for your daily bread. But he knows, we need, he knows what we need before we ask. He tells us, ask me to send out workers into the harvest field. But he wants to do that way more than we want that even sometimes. So if these things are part of God's will, if God has a will and we know what it is and we know his promises, why am I, um, if these things are part of God's will, why am I supposed to ask for something he already wants to do? Maybe we need to ask because our asking somehow releases him to do it. I believe that um, God's giving is inseparably connected with our asking him. In James 4, it says in verses 2 through 3, you do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you, may, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. And so God's saying, when we ask, he wants to release the things that we're asking for according to his will to us. We actually are the spokespeople here on earth that are releasing what Jesus has already done. So God set it up on earth that he was going to work through us, his delegated authorities. He works in partnership with us. He has a will 
He has given us promises in his word, but he looks for somebody to stand in the gap. He looks for someone to actively pray those things from heaven down to earth. Yeah, that's great. You know, I, I think that question, I want to back up and ask it again, because I think that's the seminal question here. If things are in God's will, why are we supposed to still ask? And we see actually in 1 Kings 18, one of my favorite childhood Bible stories, uh, we have this whole scene with famine in the land and Elijah, right? The prophet Elijah, and there's this this showdown up, up on top of the mountain with the prophets of Baal and the dueling altars. You remember that whole story? Go back and read 1 Kings 18 this week, 17 through 19, actually, um, because it just screams of God's faithfulness. He said, I am going to make it rain again. God had already said that. Elijah knew that was his plan. But he still needed to pray. And so what do we see happen in this passage? I won't have us read it right now, but, but again, encourage you to read it this week. Elijah goes up on the mountain and he prays for it to rain. And he starts to send his servant. Remember, he said, go, go over to like the, the cliff, the overlook, and look out across and tell me if you see any clouds coming. And the servant comes back and he says, I don't see anything. So Elijah keeps praying. This goes on seven times, right? Seven's an important number in scripture, you know? It's a number of completion. So they go back and forth. Elijah, it travailing, interceding in prayer. And the servant goes back and forth. And he continues until what, what moment? The moment that Elijah stops praying is when the servant comes back and see, I, I actually do see a little cloud. It's about the size of your fist. And it's off in the horizon. And at that moment, Elijah stops praying. Why? Because it was finished. It was completed. That task of praying God's will down to earth was completed. So I love that story because I think it's an example of what you're talking about is we know that God's faithful and we know that he's sovereign, but we have a part, you and I have a part to play, not just in the needs of our daily lives, which is important, but in the bigger things that he's doing on the earth. Um, on a personal level, Tara and I have, a, uh, I think, a, a, a significant testimony in this area. Um, a number of years back, um, one of our kids was in a school setting that really wasn't working for her. And we had gone and met and had all those IEP meetings. Some of you maybe have been through that. And it just was, became clear and clear that she wasn't thriving in this setting. And that was important. It was important for her education. So we started a process of saying, well, what would it look like for a, a different school? And there's some private schools that specifically help um, with some of the learning challenges that she had. Uh, but they don't, the, the county doesn't just say, oh, sure, we'll pay for you to go to that private school. There's a whole process in the legal system, and we had to hire an attorney. Anyway, it was a big deal. And the odds of us getting this non-public placement, is what they call it, were pretty small. And our attorney even said that. But what did we know? We knew that God had knew the plans he had for our daughter, the plans to prosper her and not to harm her, plans to give her a hope and a future. And we believed countless other scriptures that he wanted her to thrive. And so what was our role? Our role was to pray it down from heaven. And so um, I remember the details. I don't, I don't want to steal your part, but we decided to start interceding on behalf of our daughter. We decided to pray. It's something we need to talk more about. We started praying, um, and uh, we, we had been learning about interceding in this season of our lives. And we actually, uh, rather than just talk about it, we decided we would put on paper what God had promised. And so we got out um, some note 
paper and we just started writing, God, what are your promises? Looking through scripture. What are your promises towards our daughter? What are your promises towards us? What are your promises related to finances and the, the school system and all of those pieces? And um, we, it was kind of like a formal petition. We like wrote up a petition uh, for the Lord. And I love to do that when there's times where you can trust God to be faithful <clears throat> to what he's called us to do. So we, um, we wrote it up and typed it up. And I would encourage you, when you have a significant prayer request, when you're interceding for something that's really important, write it down. We have it written down from Daniel, right? Too, we have it written down in the Old Testament. But also when you write it down, then you can go back and say, oh, I prayed for this. And God answered it, and that'll really build your faith. But on this petition, we listed every promise that God had made to us. We listed the scriptures we were claiming, and we were very specific, very specific in our requests. And um, I remember the court date, uh, we had a mediation with some, some legal authority, some court, or before it went to court, it went to mediation, and if you didn't win the mediation, then it was another step. But it was a big deal. We had to go to this courthouse and meet with a, a judge and and our attorney said on Friday, he said, um, this, you know, it doesn't look good. He said, I had hoped that they would, on the merits of the case, just already rule in your favor, but that hasn't happened, so probably means you're not going to get it. And we were like, uh, you don't know our God. And so Friday, we were praying, and Monday well, was the So Friday, the, the um, attorney, called, attorney yeah. called us, and we'd been a little bit procrastinating on finishing our actual petition. And so I was like, we got to do this. So on Saturday, we like finished typing it up. We printed it out. We prayed it out loud. Then we signed it and dated it. And then we go to mediation on Monday. And, um, and when we got there, we did a little of a Joshua around the walls of Jericho. We got to the place early. Walked around we the walked building. around the building praying and we were worshiping. And I'll never forget, we were getting ready to walk in and our phone rang while we were still out on the, um, on court, the court guard there. sidewalk getting ready to go in. And we actually had a lawyer and an advocate. So anyway, this was our advocate calling us. And she said, I have some good news and some bad news. Which do you want first? I was like, uh, let's start with the good news. And she said, the good news is they've already decided to give you the non-public placement. So Friday, no non-public placement. Saturday, petition. Monday, before we even walk into the, um, the room... Wow. They decided to give it to us. Now, the bad news was, she's like, well, I'm not going to be here, which was actually good news because I would have had to pay her to be there. <laughs> so it was actually both good news. And so, you know, um, do you think it was a coincidence? Friday? No. Saturday we pray. Monday, before we walk in, we already had been granted what we had, what we had petitioned for. I don't think it was. I believe that as soon as we pray... Something changes in the heavenlies. Yeah. Prayer changes things. And I think, um, you know, the Lord had us that, and there's been other things we have petitioned for, you know, big things. And we were like super specific. And if God didn't just, like I listed out, ding, 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 ding. And if God didn't do each and everything that we specifically had asked for. Now, when we were putting it together, we were asking, Lord, what do you want us to put in this petition? Right. Lord, what is your will in this situation? And we had had, uh, you know, a lot of conversation and prayer even getting to that point. Well, I think the specific part I just want to highlight because yeah. often I think we pray, you know, God, bless me today, bless my loved ones, those kind of prayers. And that's as specific. It's kind of vague, right? Well, I think it takes less faith, less faith to pray vaguely 
right? Because then it's like, well, did God bless you yesterday because you prayed for that? Yeah, I, I think he blessed me. Like, I'm still breathing and I have food to eat. And, and I don't mean to minimize things like that. But when we pray specifically, I think it allows God to move in power. And then we know that he moved. So the antidote to worry um, is to recognize a specific need, realize it's God's responsibility, and charge God with the responsibility so we can depend on him in that way. I'm just going to share another little testimony. You know, another thing, I like to do these like prayer, writing things out, just sort of prophetic kind of things. So um, another example, and actually we did this before we did our petition. We decided that we, to remind ourselves that we didn't actually own everything that we thought we owned, we wrote out a deed and we listed all our bank accounts, everything we owned, our house, you know, clothes, all that. And we decided to sign it over to the Lord. And so, you know, you just said with charging God with responsibility to handle things. What we decided was once we signed everything over to the Lord, that we were just the stewards and we would just manage it. So um, JP has a car and for some reason on this car, um, they, the shocks went bad and um, they were like super duper expensive. And so the great thing was it wasn't actually our car where the shocks went bad. It now is the Lord's car. And so, we signed it over to him. we signed it over to him. So we're like, hey, Lord. The shocks when your car just went bad. What would you like us to do about it? And, you know, we felt like he said, go ahead and get it repaired. But doggone it, if we didn't um, get a letter that they was some sort of recall, and they sent us back all the money to pay for God's shocks. I'm not even kidding. Now, sometimes we have to pay for things that belong to God because he wants us to use his resources to pay to fix his things. But there have been a number of times when we have said, hey, Lord, you know, your dishwasher just went up. What would you like us to do about it? Um, Anyway, little side note. So, you know, we need to definitely pray specifically and not generally. But I also think, you know, the the non-public placement was a big thing. But I believe God also wants us to intercede in little things, like all the time. So I'll give you another example. Um, a little while ago, my neighbor sent a text. She's like, hey, I can't find my cat. So I was like, you know, interceding. I'm praying on behalf of someone else who needs something that they can't do. So I was like, hey, Lord, my neighbors can't find their cat. Um, could you show me where it is or could you help them find it? So then I just stopped and listened. And I saw a picture of their shed in my mind. So I was like, call, I called my friend back. I'm like, uh, or I texted her back. I said, I th- I'm seeing a picture of your shed. Have you che- checked the shed yet? And so she goes outside, and the cat was in the shed. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, I'm, you know, God wants us to petition for big things, but I think he wants to, us to petition for little things, like the little things of our life. You did this the other day too, right? With Yeah, I couldn't find my keys. I mean, again, this is real life, right? This is where we live, right? And, and I was like, Lord, I looked for him for 20 minutes. And then I was like, Lord, okay, I'll do what we're preaching about. Um, <laughs> and... And sure enough, like 30 seconds later, there they were. And I was like, oh, okay, thanks. That was like a little Easter egg. Like, thank you, Lord, just for that illustration. So our petitions don't have to um, always be like typed up and printed out, but maybe sometimes they should. You know, I think though he, God wants to do this like all the time. And then just one last thing here. You know, I believe that God wants our intercession not just to be a monologue, but a dialogue. I think sometimes we think, oh, God's spoken to me through his word, and how I talk to him is through prayer. But we don't have a two-way conversation, a two-way dialogue with him. And so I believe God wants us, when we're interceding, when we're praying, to have a dialogue. Like Daniel, we ask, is there anything, Lord, that I need to confess? 
what's your will? Um, you know, we, we see what he wants in the situation. We listen. Another thing I've been doing recently is, you know, in the Bible it says that um, Jesus is interceding with, for us and the Spirit's interceding for us. So I thought, hmm, Jesus' prayers of intercession and the Spirit's prayers of intercession probably have a really good chance of getting answered. And so I just one day went down by my house. There's a little stream. I took a chair and a notepad, and I was like, Lord, I want to intercede on behalf of my family. And so I took each of my kids, my husband, and I said, before I intercede, though, I want, I'm just going to listen right now, and I'm going to ask you, what are you interceding for for them? And so then I, I said, you know, Annika, and I listened, and a scripture verse came to mind. So I looked it up, and I'm like, I wonder if this is what he's interceding for her. And I was like, is there anything else, Lord? And I just listened. And how you can kind of tell it's God's voice is it's like a thought that hits your mind. It could be a song lyric. It could be a scripture. It could be a picture you see. And you just trust, Lord, that this is you speaking to me. Now, you want to make sure it doesn't contradict anything in scripture. You want to make sure it lines up with God's voice and his, uh, and his word. But then I, I just, I'm like, well, the scripture probably lines up with your will because um, it's in your Bible. So I wrote that down. And my daughter who's getting ready to college. I'm like, Lord, what are you interceding for her? And, um, you know, this was before we knew where she was going to college. And the scripture that, he, that came to my mind was, like, so perfect. And I only could remember a little snippet of it, so I, like, Googled it and found the rest of the scripture. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's, like, the perfect scripture to be interceding for her right now. And I remember him on my heart saying, you know, this college process isn't really about, like, um, exactly where she's going to go and, like, all the right stuff. This is about her learning to depend on me and come to me. So start praying for that, that she would, in this process, learn to come to me. And so, you know, I just think as we're um, interceding, God, does, God wants to have a dialogue, not just a Christmas list that we're like, this is what I want um, you to do for me, Lord. There's a quote from Catherine Marshall that I think I just love, and I think this is something that would be great that we should do when we, when we pray or we ask the Lord for something. She says, Lord, would you give me your thoughts about these requests? Is it without my suspecting it a petition for harm and not for good? Is there some step of growth, forgiveness, obedience that I must take before you can grant my request? And Lord, if I need patience to wait out your perfect timing, then I ask you to supply the patience as well. So I just love that. When we come to the Lord, let's ask him what he thinks and what he wants us to pray from heaven to earth. And then he's already making sure that that happens. He's already sending the answer as soon as we ask. So, you know, no prayer warrior is born. We learn to become a prayer warrior mm -hmm. by praying. Yeah. And so each opportunity we face is an opportunity for us to pray God's will from heaven to earth. Just like Elijah prayed the rain, he didn't just, you know, God said it's going to rain, and then he actually went and prayed that rain from heaven to earth. So I've just been trying when I feel the slightest nudge to pray for someone to pray for them. In fact, this past week, I, this woman I hadn't seen in a while kept coming to mind. So I'm going to actually read the text I sent to her. I said, the Lord has brought you to mind a couple of times over the last week. Hope you and your family are doing well. Do you need prayer for anything? Just thought I'd check if there was a reason he was bringing you to my mind other than you're awesome and I miss you. So her response was, hi, crazy timing hearing from you. No joke. She went on to just give me the like world's longest text of what she needed prayer for. And so 
I just, you know, encourage us when we get nudged, when someone keeps coming to mind we haven't thought about, maybe there's a prayer that we need to be praying for them or interceding on their behalf. And, you know, this, is, this um, takes courage. We yeah. need to be courageous to take a step. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, we would like to not just teach about prayer, but actually have a few moments for us to pray here as we wrap up. And um, what I would love for us to do is just in a moment, I'm going to ask us to close our eyes, and I'm going to ask God, each of you with me, to bring to mind one thing that you have been interceding for. Maybe it's a loved one with a diagnosis. Maybe it's uh, uh, your marriage. Maybe it's a financial need. Maybe it's something happening at work. But you know what it is. I mean, you don't need to say it. As soon as I say it, you know, like, uh, that's the thing. And so um, I would just like for us to close our eyes now. And um, I'm going to give us just a few seconds to let God cement that in our mind. And then Tara and I would like to just pray God's scripture over you as you consider and hold that request in front of you and ask God to move. Show us each, Lord, what it is that we want to talk to you about. Jesus said, have faith in God. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. And lastly, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And New Hope Church, may the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Heavenly Father, we bless you. We honor you. We acknowledge that you are sovereign and omniscient and omnipotent over everything in our lives. Lord, teach us to pray just like your disciples ask you. We thank you, Lord, that prayers can be specific, they can be courageous, and they bring heaven to earth when we pray. 
We love you and we commit all of this for your purposes. In Jesus' name, amen.